Hey, Nate here. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest into your leadership. This fortnightly Emerging Leaders podcast is an initiative of the Australian Christian Churches in WA. I'll be interviewing a wide range of people and hitting up topics that I found would have been helpful to know about in my younger leadership days. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. All right, thanks for tuning in to our next episode of the Emerging Leaders Podcast. Today I have got Cassie Curtis singing with me, and this is going to be a good, fun interview. Um, Cassie runs ISRA, is a founder of ISRA that does workshops all over schools in our state, and uh, she's also um, part of the team at Kingdom City. Uh, so as a young leader, she's done so much of her life already, so I'm sure that you're going to get some wisdom um, from this episode. So, Cass, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey, um, how, you, how you got to running ISRA. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Oh, no I feel worries. very honoured to be here. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of my background. Um, I studied public relations and international aid and development at uni. Um, coming out of uni, I really wanted to work in the aid and development sector and mm. I'd done a lot of volunteering work overseas, um, but all of the areas that I applied for didn't work out and I ended up getting a job in public right. relations, which was actually pretty hard to come by at the time. So I kind of went, okay, God, I'll go where you're leading me, but this doesn't feel very, <laughs> this doesn't feel <laughs> like, you know, what I dreamed of. Um, and so right. I worked in communications, branding, um, strategic communications for a couple mm. of years um, when I really felt God prompting me to step out and start what is now Israel. Um, I had no idea what it was or what it was supposed to be when I started. I just knew that I was supposed to start something in schools and use my branding comms background. Yeah. Um, and so when I was 23, I started working on it. 24, I, I kind of launched my business. Mm. I, I remember I sold, I'd booked in the first workshop and I had no idea what I was going to speak on. <laughs> I think, Don't tell the school that. <laughs> I think my sales techniques were better then than they are now. <laughs> and I charged more than I charge now <laughs> for that workshop. Um, but, you know, when, when God tells you to do something you, mm. you jump out and you don't always know what you're doing I mm. recommend maybe knowing a little bit more than I did but <laughs> <laughs> but we got there eventually um mm. so yeah that's that's part of how it got its start um mm. and yeah I've learned a lot along the way still a lot to learn but yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> yeah so before you started Israel mm. what was your experience of leadership um Primarily just in the church. Um, my parents were pastors. Mm. So I grew up, I was a kids' church leader at 12. Like, <laughs> you know. And your parents are the pastors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Worship leading when I was like a teenager. Um, so I'd, I felt like I had a good idea of what leadership was and what it looked like. Um, but yeah, I think when I started leading my own team outside of the church, I started mm. to realize, um, yeah, I guess some of the gaps in my leadership skills, mm. understanding um, that I didn't realize were there. It was a bit of a wake-up call. Mm. And mm. I guess there's that aspect as well of not just leading people, but you've got a business side of yeah. stuff as well with bookkeeping. And... Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> so many things that I, <laughs> I didn't want to be bothered doing. But yeah, it's so multifaceted. Mm. Um, definitely. It, yeah, I think, 
I think when you're leading in church, there are templates. There are like in the modern Pentecostal church, there are a lot of templates for us to look at. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, at the, you know, five six years ago, I didn't really feel like there were a lot of templates. I didn't, I didn't see anyone doing what I wanted to do. Mm. So there was a lot of uncertainty of like, what am I doing? How do I do it? Yeah. Are people going to find out that I'm a fake and I have no idea what I'm doing? My mm. my imposter syndrome was raging, mm. um, and that also makes you pretty defensive when you've yeah. got that imposter syndrome and yeah. you're scared people are going to catch you out. That's yeah, totally. <laughs> it's not a good place to leave from. <laughs> mm. So when you talk about needing to, or wanting to find a model, mm. what was what was that model that you were looking for? Um, I guess a model of. Uh, there's a lot now on how to start a business, right? Um, how to launch it, how to run it. Um, I didn't feel like there was at the time when I was starting out. I think five or six years ago, there was. It was really just emerging this whole startup, right? Um, how mm. to start a business kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I I didn't know. I felt embarrassed to admit that I don't know how to make an invoice. I don't know yeah. what expenses. I don't know how to pay my tax. Do I wait till the end of financial year? Do I? Yeah, <laughs> Do very I pay practical it as I go? questions. Like, yeah, mm. um, a lot of that kind of stuff I didn't know. And I also, I guess, growing up in the church with ministry focus and doing things out of your love for God and your passion, I didn't know how to take something that I still felt sore as my ministry mm. and run it as a business. Like, yeah charge how do you charge for something that you also feel like God's told you to do it but then I also have team members now and I want to honor their time and pay them Mm. how do I broach that Mm. and yeah so all of that I found I guess there was just uncertainty in stepping out yeah yeah gosh that is a very interesting question like earning money off (laughs) (laughs) what feels like a passion and a Mm. calling how did you reconcile that um Part of it is because I tried to do stuff for free and people didn't really value it. Um, okay. And I felt like in in the marketplace, mm. if you devalue what you do, then other people don't place value on it either. Wow. Um, and so, I mean, an example is a couple of years in, um, we ran some programs for a government agency. Mm. And I was really impacted by the time that I got to spend with the young people, a part of this department. Um, and so I went back and said, Hey, I'd really love to run ongoing programs, but I want to volunteer my time because, mm. you know, at my heart, at my core, these are the kind of people God told us to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to, this isn't my business. I, yeah. what, well, sorry, these programs are my business, but helping these people mm. is a life call. That's what God told mm. us to do. Um, and they were interested until I said I wanted to do it for free. Wow. And then I didn't hear back from them. <laughs> and I know that that's always outrageous. bizarre. I know, I know. And so that I've found people place value on, on what you do when you place value on it. Mm. And so part of that is understanding, okay, God's called me to do this, but he also talks in the Bible about him giving us power to make wealth. Mm. And I kind of think if there's influence and money to be made yeah let's i want it to be made by people in the kingdom mm. who have kingdom values who are going to be um calling out the image of god in people rather mm. than having agendas that we sometimes feel um mm. you know 
aren't valuing that image of God in people. Yeah. So that's yeah, part definitely. of it. But it is, it's an ongoing thing. And I'll regularly, like when we work with churches, we don't charge. Mm. When we work like with youth groups or with local council groups or schools that don't have the same budget, I'll instantly have a conversation with them about mm. not doing it for the same price. But if if we want to work with some of the top schools mm. and a lot of the government schools, we have to put a price tag on it for them to even open their door, which yeah. is ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But maybe there's possibly part of how God's protecting Israel as well yeah. to give you guys yeah. <laughs> a potential to keep running. Well, and, it, do, and it does things. mean that we can run and we can, mm. like, we're developing new content, video content right now. Yeah. The only reason we can do that is because... Yeah, absolutely. There's capital. <laughs> mm, it's, it's a business world. It is, yeah. Mm. But, yeah. So how did you find, or who did you go to, to build up those skills um, that you might not have had previously, especially when it's very practical business mm. type skills? Yeah, um, well, I had a business mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess just over the years, I picked up different mentors at different stages of the business um, Mm. to help us where we were at. So at the start, there were really practical questions of, Mm. should we be a sole trader or should we be a company? What insurance should we get? And what does it even mean? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Do we charge GST? Someone just asked me if we charge GST. I don't know. Like, um, there were those people who I could ask those questions to. Um, Yeah. Did you just find them through being in church? uh, No. Okay. Oh, one of them through church, through a church connection. Mm. And then um, I connected with a startup community, Space Cubed in the city. Right. Um, they were kind of one of the main communities in Perth at the time. Now right. there are lots of different startup communities, mm. which is great. Um, but there were a lot of people in that just going to the um, like social events. And mm. um, I was a part of the Intensify Scholarship, which was for startups um, right. where you get a mentor mm. um, but you pretty quickly just through a few conversations you find people who are pretty happy to share their learnings and mm. yeah you mm. pick a lot up along the way did you find for me I think I don't know why maybe I grew up in church mm. and there's that sense of not talking to the wrong people about your dreams <laughs> mm. did you find that there was a little bit hard to go and speak out or talk to people about yes. this is what I'm dreaming about. And then, like, how do you navigate that? When is the time to hold dreams in your heart? When's the time to find mm. people and talk to them about it? That's a really good question. I um, yeah, I did. I did struggle with that at the start because um, number one, I didn't know exactly what I was doing, <laughs> so I didn't know how to articulate it, and yeah. I, I got, I would feel quite defensive. Um, Because people would start asking really probing questions that felt like an interrogation. (laughs) And I would be like, I don't know. And they'd be like, and what are your qualifications? And And instantly I would, my walls would come up and I'd be like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. All right. Good to see you. Bye. (laughs) Um, So I got really good at dodging questions. Um, Because I I did, honestly, a lot of people um, who probably should have just been encouraging were really quick to tell me that, Mm. I didn't know what I was doing or mm. I would find people would, I'd tell them what I'd want to do and then they would tell me about other people doing the same thing, but better, which right. in like on the one hand is helpful, but then on the other, I'd be like, 
oh, okay, I do. Mm. <laughs> that would trigger my insecurities. Right. Um, so that wasn't their fault. Um, but yeah, I did. I had a lot of people. I was even a part of one mentoring program. And my business was a year in by then. Mm. And I had a few really big contracts that I was working on. And I had this businessman sit and look me in the eyes and say, it's not going to work. Right. I was like, but no, 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 it is working. Mm. And he was like, no, 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 your idea is not going to work. Right. Like, ah, okay. And so you just, I think you just start to learn to let those things wash off you and go, okay, God, mm. help me take the wisdom that's there yeah. that I need. Yeah. Help me have the clarity and the humility to take the wisdom I need, but also help mm. me have the, um, the resilience to let just the pure negativity bounce off yeah because it is quite when you're dealing with your own insecurities it's hard to Mm. i guess filter what's wisdom Mm. and what's just distraction Mm. that could be so how do you even know who to talk to um just find those people that i mean i think you need two types of people you need those encouragers Mm mm-hmm who are just going to help build you up yeah. and who are going to tell you, it's all right, try again. They may not even yeah. know about the field that you're working in, yeah. or, but they're your cheerleaders. You need mm. your cheerleaders and then you need your experts. Mm. Um, so there's people in business. If you're starting a business, you don't even, they don't even necessarily need to be in the same field. They just mm. need business marketplace wisdom. Yeah. Um, so I think you need those two voices because right. the... The business wisdom people are probably going to be pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to um, sugarcoat anything. Mm-hmm. But you do still need those cheerleaders, especially if it's something that you feel like God's calling you to do. Yeah. You need those people who are going mm. to remind you of what God said, remind yeah. you and encourage you in your faith. Yeah, very good. Um, just, Beck and I have just been watching a Dragon's Den on Netflix and we just love it. It's like Shark Tank, oh, but BBC yeah. style. <laughs> and it's really interesting just how some entrepreneurs um i love business i love leadership mm. and i'm watching some of these so-called dragons mm. um giving business advice and saying this is what you need to do this is what mm. you need to do and some entrepreneurs take it so personally yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like no this is really good advice yeah, yeah. they weren't going to give you money because they believe that you can do better without that mm. investment that outside source you can keep it your own mm-hmm. but they'll be like no they saw no worse than me i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> uh, yeah those insecure you got to deal with them otherwise they will be the thing that will stop absolutely that dream Absolutely. It's make or break, hey? <laughs> mm. So when you started ISRA, obviously mm. it's a very new leadership journey. Mm. What was that jump for you? What were some things that for you was a really big, wow, I've never done that before? Mm. Um, I, think, I think it kind of um, showed me that I was a fairly self-centered leader when oh, I first started. Okay. Yeah, I, I was thinking back about how I started and I think um I was thinking there are kind of two areas that I was I was fairly self-centered in my leadership the first one was that I was really insecure and a bit nervous about starting Mm. and I was um I was so focused on my insecurity that I wasn't um I wasn't thinking about what my team members needed right um insecurity it kind of puts blinkers on you um Mm. and all you're focused on is 
what people think of you. Are mm, they judging you? Okay. Are they going to find out that you don't know what you're talking about? Are right. you going to be exposed as a fraud? Mm. Um, and I think it can make us quite defensive, quite insular. And I think for the first little bit, um, I was really looking for affirmation from my right. team. Okay. Which is a really unhealthy place to be in when you're needing mm. affirmation from your team. Um, and, but I think it happens pretty easily. Like totally. as a leader, we can, even in the, like in the church context, we can be like, Oh, no one told me that my preaching was good on the weekend or, yeah. or like no one, oh, oh. but the thing is they're looking to you, um, as they don't, they're not thinking, what are your needs? Mm. You as their leader, yeah. your identity kind of needs to be sorted because you can't live off the affirmation of your team. You're serving them. You are serving <laughs> them. They are not um, like a means for your mm. identity to be built. And so I think um, I think God's really gracious. And my team and business grew as God allowed me to grow out of that insecurity and build confidence. Mm. Um, but I think he, like, once you get to certain boi- points, he starts to show you, okay, mm. all right. I've carried you this far, but now you need to kind of deal with that. Yeah. And so he kind of showed me ways that I was being quite self-centered, um, mm. which was good that he helped me with that. And then I think the next step of my leadership as my team got bigger was understanding, um, like understanding your personality type and how that affects the people you lead is so crucial, yeah. right? Like you've probably yeah. found that mm. <laughs> over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I realized that in... I think like socially, naturally, I'm fairly encouraging. Like that comes pretty naturally for me socially with my friends, with Mm. people in a social environment. Um, But professionally and in a work environment, I can be fairly... um, Direct? Yeah, direct, task-oriented. Right. um, And I can be very focused on like my personality loves pioneering Mm. and improving and analyzing and how do we do it better next time Mm. and I started to realize that that was affecting my team because I was so focused on all right yeah that was good but what can we do better next time I wasn't actually celebrating wins with my team I wasn't um, celebrating their contributions Mm. and I really noticed it after one event we we had three days at one school the Mm. first day had been really tough yeah. And so we'd all come together at the end and we're like, okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> how do we do, how yeah. do we get through the next two days? <laughs> mm. And then the next day was actually amazing. The kids were so responsive yeah. and I feel like God really let me see, um, my team had come together at the end and mm. the energy was so high because they were buzzing because it had gone well and, yeah. um, they were celebrating their wins. And I went straight into my task oriented, all right, what are we doing better next time? What can we improve on? Right. And I just saw the energy of my just team. Just Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, but it was wasting time to like, that, that's how I was thinking. I was like, okay, all right. I allowed 30 seconds for that. We've got like, <laughs> but I, like I started to realize like my team, like as a leader, Mm. I am just as responsible for the growth and um, flourishing of my team members mm. and them discovering their gifts, the gifts that God's given them. Yeah. I'm just as responsible for them as I am for mm. providing a quality product yeah. or service. I think that's so interesting because what that kind of sparks off for me mm. is that quite often 
the great leaders that you have served under, having when I, anyone who grows up the chair, mm. you, you serve under some leaders, leaders and hopefully great leaders. Yeah. But you don't always understand what makes them a great leader mm. until you have to be a leader. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so many different things. <laughs> yeah. And so things like encouraging and celebrating wins mm. sometimes gets, it's not sexy leadership <laughs> no <laughs> well it's not it doesn't feel productive sometimes <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> but so i should be driving this yes. i should be getting better totally um and and sometimes yeah it's I, I mean maybe it is something for you as a listener to think about what are the things that your leaders are doing really well mm. that maybe you are taking for granted yeah and i think another part for me it's um when when i've got married and mm. had Beck and suddenly we're kind of seeing how different families we come from and having to think about what made that work. Yes. <laughs> that was yeah. actually really good conversations yeah. uh, along the way for us. You're right. Uh, I think some of the great leaders we've grown up under, everything looks so natural for them. Yeah. And so we don't consciously break it down and think what the elements are. Totally. But I started to realize I needed to become a lot more conscious of deliberately encouraging my mm. team, celebrating, mm. not just thinking, all right, that was good, but what are we doing next time? How yeah. are we getting better? Mm. Um, so I think just becoming more others focused because my team members aren't a means to an end. Mm. They are at the same time, they are the goal as well as mm. the kids we're working with, them flourishing, them discovering their gifts. Um, and I think not being a self-centered leader also means giving feedback. Because mm. as a leader, that's uncomfortable. I mean, right. when you're growing up, you think it's uncomfortable for you to receive feedback. Your mm. leader doesn't <laughs> find that, <laughs> you know, a walk so in the park fun. either. <laughs> no, it's not. And I think... Like, a self-centered leader is going to choose their own comfort over their team members' growth. Right. But I've had to learn that, mm. you know, if I really care about that team member, then I will give them the feedback mm. with the encouragement. Mm. <laughs> what do you think happens in a team when you seem to genuinely care for them? Mm, I think you get the best from them. Like, you get their you're caring for them as a whole person. And so when you actually care about their holistic health and growth, you're, you're only going to get the best result, aren't yeah. you? Like mm. it could almost be selfish to, <laughs> to care about them, um, you know, their emotional, spiritual health, as well as what they produce, because mm. you're going to get greater consistency and you're also going to notice things earlier on not just at meltdown okay. point, aren't you? Because if you're yeah. involved with their lives, if you're right. picking up on things, you're not just going, they're not just going to come and go, I can't do it today. You mm. will have noticed weeks ago that they were struggling with that. And mm. yeah, so I think, I think it's better for everyone when you mm. become that bit more invested. Yeah, I think people enjoy being there. Yes. They have fun. Mm -hmm. They are going to be loyal. And, um, they feel especially valued. in church, yes. <laughs> you're not paying them. Mm, it's very, very handy, and they feel like they're not just your like worker dog. They're not just, mm. they're not just that tool you need. Yeah, they, absolutely. That I mean, it's managing that re relational equity of not building people to yourself, mm. but still 
they need that relational investment and that family feel. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Oh, that's really good. Hey, we're running out of time for this episode, <laughs> which is really good. Um, we are going to come back with the next episode and we're going to talk a lot more about leadership with Cassie. Um, so stay tuned uh, for the next podcast coming out in a fortnight. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Remember to help us to share, to spread our podcast to other people that might benefit from the content that we are creating. Also, make sure that you send through your questions, uh, your topics to nate at thelivechurch.com.au so that we can continue to make this podcast as relevant and helpful as possible. Thanks so much and we'll catch you soon.